In Canada, more specifically northern Alberta, in Wood Buffalo National Park, there is a beaver dam measuring almost a kilometer long, the longest non-man-made dam in the world. It's supposedly visible from space. It's thought that the construction of the dam started somewhere in the 1970s, which means several generations of beavers have engineered and constructed this dam. Why am I telling you this? Because it's damn cool. Cue the music, Carlos. Welcome to Viable Underdogs, where we try and teach you some cool stuff and hopefully encourage everyone to become a bit more sustainable. My name is John, with me as always is my partner in crime, Carlos, a man of very few words. This is episode number one. Today we're chatting about some of the various impacts our species has had on the planet. This is a segue into later episodes that will explore the issues in greater detail, as well as discuss some possible solutions. Now if you're not native to parts that has these critters, beavers are rodents with big flat tails and large buck teeth they use to cut down trees to construct their dams. They construct dams primarily for shelter, security, and food storage. But their dams have a second crucial, if unintentional, purpose. They modify the surrounding environment and help with wetland ecosystems. They can also be seen as a nuisance, since these dams can cause flooding which can be detrimental to farming, for instance. In short, beavers, much like humans, are geoengineers. They actively change their surrounding environment for their benefit. And just like with human activity, these changes come with them associated advantages and disadvantages. It seems like sometimes the earth is far too large and its systems far too complex and massive for us to have any sort of noticeable impact. And yet here are some scary sounding statistics and data to really appreciate our impacts on the planet. Let's put on some appropriate ominous sounding music while we do. Human caused earthquakes. Humans have caused hundreds of earthquakes, if not more. Some of the resulting damages total into the billions of dollars, not to mention the loss of life. These are caused by human activities like dam building, the human kind, not the beaver kind, mining, and fracking. Groundwater extraction. We humans consume a lot of water for drinking, commercial, and industrial purposes. In some cases, we take far more water out of the ground than it has the ability to replenish itself. This causes the foundation underneath cities to slowly degrade, resulting in a literal sinking city. Mexico City has already sunk more than 9 meters, that's 30 feet from my American friends, and that's just one example. There are many cities on this list. Deforestation. Due to various factors like logging, mining, and agriculture, we lose a lot of rainforest every day. Some estimates even put them higher than 300 square kilometers. It is thought that the Amazon rainforest is rapidly approaching its tipping point. This means that if deforestation and devastation of the environment continues, it will not be able to replenish itself. Humans will need to intervene with experimental geoengineering to correct it once it passes this point. Plastic in the oceans. We love plastic. We also kind of treat the oceans like the world's toilet. There is already so much plastic in the oceans that by 2050 there will be more plastic in the oceans than fish by volume. And that's just a portion of the waste we create as a species. If you haven't heard of the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, I highly recommend you Google it on your own time. Despite the name, it's more so just a way to describe a ridiculously large amount of garbage that circulates in the oceans. It's difficult to accurately determine its size, so just try and imagine a fairly large country of yummy, yummy, greasy, sludgy garbage. Alright, stop the depressing music. If you want to see something really awe-inspiring, Google pictures of the entire Earth at night. 
All around the globe you can see where major population centers are and their corresponding artificial light. We have lit up the entire planet with the electricity. Take a moment to appreciate just how much ingenuity, work, planning and design on a planet-wide scale is required to achieve something like that. The electric grid requires constant monitoring and fine-tuning to ensure the steady reliable supply of power. Humans dynamite entire mountains, move and create large bodies of water. We engineer the absolute crap out of our planet. Obviously some of these are unsustainable in the long term, but the point I'm trying to make is we absolutely affect our entire planet in many different ways. Every action we take has advantages and disadvantages. No system is perfect, but we really do need to start incorporating the environment into our decisions. The environment plays just as important a role as profitability and ethics. Hence the new business mantra more progressive companies are adopting, planet, people, profits. If we overfish the oceans like we are, there will soon be no more fish. If we continue to create and throw away plastics, well, then we'll have something in the oceans to replace the lost fish. Unfortunately, last time I checked, plastic sushi wasn't too tasty. The changes we create in our environment are not inherently good or bad, much like the beaver. The environment may like the beaver for its wetland properties, but some farmers are driven nuts by the flooding they can cause. Everything is subjective to some degree. But if we continue as we have, the planet will eventually become an unwelcome place for our species to live. There is little doubt that some of our environmental challenges will require a fair bit of geoengineering, which is basically a fancy way of saying actively repairing the earth, since we may or may not have already pushed it past the point of it being able to repair itself. There's already some pretty wild ideas being thrown around, and I plan on covering them in a future episode, but it's important to remember that the majority of the stuff is still experimental. We do not know the full impacts of the things we have already done to the planet, nor the impacts of the things we need to do to correct it. Geoengineering alone will not be the answer. A lot of it is still in the experimental phase, and nothing is yet anywhere near the level it needs to be for noticeable impact on a global scale. There are various technologies looking at extracting carbon from the atmosphere, as well as other methods for counteracting the impacts humanity has had on the planet so far. It's important to remember that geoengineering is only one part of the puzzle. Relying on it exclusively to solve the problem is probably not the best idea. We truly do need to start thinking more sustainably and more responsibly. Geoengineering, along with incorporating greater efficiencies and transitioning to more sustainable and renewable energies and products, all have to work together to fix our planet. Cheers. Thanks for listening. As always, please share and forward this podcast. The first step towards realistic sustainability is in knowledge and discussion. And this can't happen without everyone's input. Please send any comments, questions, or insults to viableunderdogs at gmail.com. Our intro music is composed by Mark Kronowski, the ominous music by Bjorn Lynn, and the music currently playing by Jonathan Atkinson. We intend to get a website up and running in the near future. Until then, you can check out more on the Paris Agreement and climate change at the United Nations website at unfccc.int.